Hey, welcome to the Sharpway Show. Yes, it is the uh, it is post Christmas. Yes, it is, and I'm still here. I don't know why, but I am. Yes, it's 7 p.m. on the East Coast. Today is Wednesday, right? I think it is. I'm losing track of days. Some of you probably are also. Some of you are working. Some of you are off. Some of the kids are off, which is probably driving some of you nuts. But yes, we are here on the Sharpway Show. I appreciate you guys coming. This will be uh, one of my last shows before the new year, which is cool. New Year is coming up here very soon. I wanted, I thought today would be a good day to talk about, it's going to sound crazy, but learning. A lot of people, as I began spending more time in the, spending more time in the libertarian world, talking about libertarianism, so many people get confused on what it actually means. And there are very few places to go to really talk about it. So I wanted to do something which I thought was positive and interesting and total, you know, full um, disclosure, supporting my sponsor. So on top of all of that, doing all those things. And one of those things was talking about libertarianism.com. Libertarianism.com, one of my sponsors. I know you guys know that. So please do me a favor, head to libertarianism.com, libertarianism.com, you have a chance. Check out all the cool stuff there. I'm going to talk about that today because I think it matters. Interesting conversation about real people and what it really means. And more importantly, why the liberty movement as a whole is really the answer. It isn't left versus right. I'm going to show you this in the most common sense ways you can imagine. I'm going to show you this with a simplicity, with a simplicity that anybody could understand. All right. Anyone can understand it. And that's the part I like about this. I'm going to show you if you go to libertarianism.com and sign up, you can, of course, get cool merch, of course. However, however, there are some very simple tests to take, which I hope will make you think differently about what it means to be a human being and then to make that shift into government. And what I mean by that is the shift into government. Our founding documents say we the people, right? Now, one would think, I hear all the time, well, we're the government. Are we? Okay, in theory, that's true. Is it reality? If we realize who we are and then we match the government with that, then we realize who the government is. And some people are getting upset about things like here, uh, real math one pops right away. The more it's demanded of me, the more I will not comply. Hi, Larry. Right. Here's the most important issue. And I tell this story from someone who was actually not American, an immigrant who had come into my house. We were chatting for a bit. And he was saying, Larry, I don't understand. How do you look at this government? You you libertarian, I don't, I don't understand. He didn't get it, right? He's, not, he's an immigrant, doesn't understand how we think, doesn't get that concept, right? Didn't know that word. That, that was an, a word he didn't have, he didn't know in, his, in, in English. So I kind of explained that. I said, you know what? How about, let me make something very simple. Why, why am I against the war on drugs? And he said, yeah, don't you want to stop people from doing drugs? It's, What's his thought process? Which I get that that's not a bad thought process, right? You want to stop people from doing drugs. I get it. He he brought it out from a position of caring and nurturing. He wasn't doing it to say, I'm going to shake my fist. He was saying it because he thought that that was a good thing. 
which maybe he's right. I'm not against that that concept. I said, do you think it would be okay if, and where I live in Queens, you can see your neighbor. We live next door to each other, right? So if I if I saw that guy in that room next to me, if I saw him in his next house, smoking some weed, do you think it's ethical, not legal, ethical for me, not a cop, me, to kick his door in, grab that weed out of his out of his hand and off his table, confiscate it, and put him in a cage. He was like, well, it's against the law. I said, no, no, no. I'm not asking, is it legal for me to do such a thing? What I'm saying is, is it morally right? Am I righteous in doing that? And he went, well, no. I said, great. So why should cops? If we are the government, the government is an arm. I'm sorry, the police is an arm of the government. If I morally should not do that, ethically should not do that, why should cops? He went, oh. So now let's, let's go another step forward, uh, further. What if I looked in the window and I saw some guy, I don't know, ready to stab a kid. He's got a knife in the air and the kid's crying. He's told you to stab a kid. Ethically, morally, would it be okay for me to kick in that door, knock that guy down, maybe even kill him, stop him from stabbing the kid? He went, of course. I said, let's, let's have cops do that. With the people, right? If it's ethically okay for me to do it, then the cops should be doing it. Makes sense. And that's the kind of piece I want to start talking about, right? Is it ethically moral or correct for me to force you to do things? If you believe yes, then the cop should do it. I'm hoping you don't believe yes. But if you do believe yes, at least you are being consistent, right? If you said yes, it is totally ethical for me to grab your kid by the neck, throw them into this area, do X, Y, and Z. If you believe that to be true ethically and ethically and morally, then at least you're being consistent. I disagree with you, but at least that makes sense. And I think that's a critical piece. We we allow government to do things that we individually, you would think is unethical to do, right? And again, I'm not saying that we individually should be doing everything. I, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that, you know, government should be doing a couple of things. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is the ethical aspect of it. So let me go through this if I could. All right. Um, this is a screen from libertarianism.com. And it's the philosophy of human respect. And I say, wait a minute, human respect. I thought this is libertarianism. I thought it's libertarianism. It is. And it's about respect. It absolutely is. So Matthew says, the problem is that morals aren't objective. Agreed, which is why you have laws and debate and back and forth. Yes, Matt, that's true. But if we start with that, the odds of us having better laws are going to be way higher than if we start with what is righteous or what I think is the the the, the idea of me of me of me uh, enforcing my will. If we begin with that, the odds are we'll have better laws. Will we still have laws that go too far or don't go far enough? Yes, but we have that now. Right. So either way, we're not going to have a perfect government, but it's better if we at least look at it from that lens, if I'm making any sense. But you're right. It's it's not going to be perfect, Matt. I, I agree with you. We will still have laws that go too far or those that go don't go far enough. Surely we will. This is the way we want to start, at least. That makes any sense. So the first piece of this is human respect. As it sounds simple and it sounds like it shouldn't be a part of libertarianism, it really is. And I took this quiz already, but 
This is what it looks like. If you take it, you watch a short video, right? A short video. Ask what you want in life. Do you want these nice things? I think we like nice things, don't we? We like money. We like nice things. There is more though, isn't it? Joy, that's true. Absolutely. Well-being, yes. Sounds kind of cheesy, but it's true, isn't it? Now, this piece I have to bring up here that matters. It's not, it's no one's the same. Whatever you're looking for, you may not be looking for in the future, or you may have looked for in the past and it may change. You change. Absolutely. There we go. Now, with that in mind, right, with with that in mind, it goes to then very simple, very simple questions. Now, why in the world would that be a part of libertarianism? Because if you look at the left or the right, they don't talk about happiness. No one, none of them do. They talk about righteousness, their form of righteousness, right? I'm going to enforce my will upon you because I'm right. That's what I'm going to do. Now you might go, but Larry, I prefer the left or I prefer the right. Okay, then you prefer your side and you'll be happier with your side because you lean left or you lean right. Okay, but you're still going to be unhappy because it's still going to be forcing a view upon you. And here's the part about our situation. Remember something. Bush got us Obama. Obama got us Trump. Trump got us Biden. So you might be happy now, but four, eight years from now, you're not going to be happy. It's just going to keep swapping back and forth. So it's a challenging piece. What I'm saying is you should be thinking about happiness versus thinking about righteousness. The more we think about righteousness in that regard, the more we're going to ensure that now we're satisfied if our guy happens or gal happens to win, what happens when our guy or gal doesn't win next time? Yeah. So simple questions. According to the video, what do we want most deeply in life? Happiness and well-being, nice house and good jobs other people to be unhappy. Now, it's kind of a it's kind of a joke in a way, but it's also serious. Think about this. We often believe that the only thing that matters is things. We often think of it. Someone's happy or successful because they have things. Things matter and money matters. I'm not going to sit here and tell you money's not good. Money's good. No doubt money's good. But money does not guarantee happiness at all. And and any one of you any of you who've both had money and not you know that's true. Now, there is a minimum amount of income or cash or money that people need to have just to survive. You got to get past that, right? Whatever that is. But once you're past that number, what money does, it is increases your options and choices to find happiness that it does, but it doesn't guarantee you happiness. Right. If you have more money, you have more choices because you can buy things, have people help you, pay people to assist you. So, of course, you can find more options. So the odds of you finding happiness do go up because you have more options. Doesn't mean you'll find it. Happiness is well-being. 
So it's not just nice houses and good jobs. Those are nice, but not critical. Other people to be unhappy. This is an important piece in today's world. How many times do you see people? You see it. I see it here. You hear it. People who are so concerned about beating the other. Owning the libs. Owning the conservatives. Right? We just want to beat them. I, I was talking on the phone. I was on the phone with someone yesterday before yesterday. And he said, Larry, I can't support you. And I said, why not? He goes, because you're not loud enough saying F you to the left. And I said, you're right. Because I'm trying to convert, not alienate. And he goes, well, no, no, no. I need you to be like F you to the left. That guy is concerned about other people being unhappy. That's his number one concern. That's his number one. Now, do some people want that? Mm, Yeah, I get it. I I understand that. But that's not going to make him happy. That may satisfy him for the short period of time he's owned the libs in this case. Yes, but that's all it's going to do. It's not going to actually make him happy. Happiness and well-being is a different issue. (laughs) Let me grab a couple of these comments here. Sorry, excuse me. All right. Um, let's see here. Um, Liberty of Death says if we could just live by the Bill of Rights and Ten Commandments, things would be a lot better. Can we at least start by living by the Bill of Rights? And this is what, you know, some libertarians get upset about this. They say the Bill of Rights isn't enough. We got to go further. But you know what? In theory, I'm correct, but I, I'm with you, though. I'm with you. Let's start there. Can we just get there first? And if, and if, if there's someplace further to go, let's go further when that happens. But first, let's go there. Right, that that's the first piece. Let's go there first. I'm with you. I'm in. That that's a nice that's a nice place to go to. Let's, let's shoot for that. We're not even close to that. Uh, and if you live in New York, you know that many of the amendments in New York are just suggestions. Eh, you know, we'll think about it. Maybe. So yes, Jess says I took that class. Actually, it was great. There we go. I'm glad. Happiness is important. Absolutely. Peter says, um, if we aren't growing, we aren't living. One hundred percent true. Yes. So that's my point, Peter, right? What you might have thought was valuable to you 20 years ago, you might not think it's valuable now or not as valuable. Maybe you already achieved it. You got the thing and now you're like, ah, it's nice, but now I want something else. Or maybe you're still looking for the same thing. I mean, who knows? But each person will change and shift throughout their life. The only thing government should be trying to achieve in my perfect world is opening up the world to allow all of us to the best of our ability to try to pursue happiness to the best of our ability without hurting others. If that's what we were looking at, not a bad deal, not a bad deal. So yes, David said, I've been criticized about legalization of all drugs and in the drug war, both left and right don't understand. I would agree because again, they feel like they want to make sure that people are doing what they say. They think it's, they think it's bad. If you're doing drugs and I get it. it for many cases, that's true. In many cases, doing drugs is bad for me. You see addicts everywhere. That's true. But is that how you stop it? I would argue no. Roy says true, but that's the responsibility of individuals. Oh, for reaping the benefits of living in society. Too many wants freedom without the corresponding responsibility. Home run, Roy, you're correct. Absolutely. We have to have both. Right. Which is why things like education, talking about things, <clears throat> excuse me, accepting the results of, of, of outcomes, accepting the, the, the outcomes of choices. Yes, all of those things. I agree. And not treading on others. If you tread on other people and you hurt other people, you've got to somehow be able to fix that. 
sadly, and you know this, Roy, our current system, you just get punished. There's no restorative justice, right? Uh, if I steal from you and I steal 3,000 bucks worth of goods out of your house and they catch me, well, I sold the stuff already. And so I go to jail. Well, I got punished, but you lost $3,000, number one. You feel violated because I broke into your house, number two. And now probably your insurance rate goes up because you had to go to insurance. So you got robbed like three more times. Where's the restorative justice aspect of it, which should be my responsibility. If I harm you, I should have to somehow repay you. And the reality of it is, if I had to repay you, with the exception of the sociopath, which there are some people who just don't care, take those people out of the scenario for this. They're a small percentage of, our, percentage of our population. The average person, if you and I can actually, if I can actually talk to you as a human being, again, assuming neither of us are sociopaths, and I can go, look, Roy, I did it because of this. Here's my excuse for doing it. I'm sorry I did it. Here's how much how to fix it. Not saying I shouldn't go to jail, but I should also, part of my payment should be to restore something to you. And you might go, Larry, does Roy really care? Well, yeah, I think the data isn't on that. It makes it less bad. He still lost his stuff. He still feels, his family still feels violated. That doesn't go away. So I can't make it good, but can I make it less bad? A hundred percent, yes. And in cases where they've done this in certain areas, they've tried this restorative justice, talking with the people, everybody feels less bad. Everybody. And if you can make things less bad, why wouldn't you? So, yes. Happiness is a choice. (sighs) You know, I, I get that. I do. It's a choice once you've achieved a certain amount, right? I mean... Humans are very adaptive, right? So people who have, you know, trauma in their lives very often are able to still find happiness. I mean, I, I brought this up in the past, you know, when you talk about uh, some of the worst environments you've had, even slaves in some cases found joy. But I wouldn't say that's a choice in that regard, right? Of course, that's that's obviously uh, an extreme example, right? Slave is an extreme example. Agreed, Thomas, it's an extreme example. But certain people... Remember, we don't judge ourselves, humans, by the worst in the world. So we don't we don't judge ourselves by, for example, sex slaves that are in that in the world today. We don't judge ourselves by that. We judge ourselves by our peer group. So if we're not in that world where those types of horrible things are happening, we don't even judge ourselves by that. We go, yeah, of course that's not happening to me. That's not my world. My world is here, and we judge ourselves by that. So yeah. You, you, I think it depends on where you are. It's elusive. Yeah. Yes, it is very elusive. That's why it was the pursuit of happiness that was in our founding documents, not happiness. It was the pursuit of happiness. Absolutely. So, yeah. So let me grab this one. It is obviously happiness and well-being. What do you think other people want most deeply in life? And the funny thing is, as simple as this is, as simple as this question is and the answer is, we often think the reverse. We think wrongly because we pick the other. And that's why that's in parentheses, I mean, it's in uh, italics, the other. If I'm on the left, I see the right as the other. If I'm on the right, I see the people on the left as the other. So we think to see others suffer. You know that. You've watched it. You've felt it yourself. You've seen it 
on you. You've seen the opposite of wherever you lean. Someone go, you liberals, you conservatives, all you want to do is destroy the country. Suffer, suffer, suffer. They don't. They don't. They actually want happiness and well-being. They just think the only way to do that is to make you suffer. They're wrong, but they think that. They don't actually want to see you suffer. What they actually want is happiness and well-being. And if we get that and provide them that, they'll turn. How do I know that? Because many of you watching now, many of you who've supported me, you've come from the left and from the right and everything in between. All I ever do is try my best to show you ways for us to be happy. That's what I focus on. If we do that, we can rock and roll. This, by the way, is libertarianism.com. This isn't Democrat.com or Republican.com. They don't talk about this. It's about how they're going to own the other guy and how bad the other guy is. I'm not doing that at all. Happiness is about the destination, the journey, both destinations and journeys. Both, of course. We're trying to get someplace. We get there. What's next? It is the pursuit of happiness. Absolutely. Assuming that most other people want to be happy, we have the basis for And here's three pieces that are really important. The first one's obvious. Building a new kind of society. That'd be great. But what do we have right now? The next two. Knowing exactly what makes other people happy? We don't. How can I? Just Peter just saying that, right? How do I know what Peter wanted 20 years ago? We're always growing. What he wanted 20 years ago, he probably doesn't want now. And what he wants now, he may not want 20 years from now. Or 10 years from now, who knows how fast things change. Could be five years from now in theory, probably more like 10, but it could be five. Yeah. Or or redistributing wealth based on happiness. Oh, we see a lot of that too. We see a lot of that too. My mayor, de Blasio, literally said he's all about redistribution of wealth. And he's proud of it. He's proud of it. Says it loud. Yes. I'm all about redistribution of wealth. He is all about that. 100%. The answer is building a better society. Of course it is, right? So that's what we want to try to achieve. And this is a happiness quiz. It's a happiness quiz. Is that crazy? Oh my God, I got 100%. So easy. So easy. So let me grab some more of your of your comments if I could. Uh, this next one, by the way, is about the pursuit of happiness, of course, because the first parts of this are all about happiness. Of course they are, because that's what matters. That's what I keep telling you guys. Of course, yes. John says, Larry, I just tagged you in some Republican anti-marijuana legislation thing. Just a heads up. Oh, somebody yelled at? Thanks. I appreciate that. Dustin says, happiness can be currency. Currency. I'm not sure what he mean by that one, Dustin. How can happiness be be currency? I don't know. I'm not sure where, where you're going with that one. Make, make liberals cry again. Okay. It will feel good for you when you first see it. And then what? You know, Nazim, money can buy happiness. It depends on the person. If I won millions of dollars, I'd be very happy. Here's what I would argue, Nazim. You'd be you'd be happy right away. You would. Ten years later. Twenty years later. Here's the the reality of people who win lots of money. Most of them, over 50 percent of them are worse off five years later. About a third of them go bankrupt. It's a true story. Take your data if you think I'm making that up. That's that's the norm. Most people who win the lottery are worse off after after five years. Most are. It's crazy. I know. 
but money can give you temporary happiness. Many things can. In fact, I think if if liberty or death makes the liberals cry, I think he'll be happy short term, but not long term. And I'm talking longer term. And that's the most important piece. So, yeah. Thomas says, uh, I would work with the left or right to do good. Me too. Absolutely. Me too. Eric says, tyrants don't like term limits. Very true. Well, that limits them. They don't like that. They're the best. Absolutely. Angela says, harboring hate for the opposite party definitely doesn't lead to happiness. Even if you dislike their policies, it only weighs you down. Yes, absolutely. 100%. Yes. Very true. All right. Um, Peter says, think how many sit behind bars at our expense with no victim present. Yeah. Abby says, liberty is the ability to choose. Even people that believe in God acknowledge the need for free will to choose between good and bad. If there's no choice, you being forced to be righteous is akin to rape, figuratively speaking. Well, you're going to look far there, but okay. Uh, And not actual righteousness. Conservatives and progressives have to acknowledge that being altruistic can't be forced. Forced altruism is why we have communist nations like Cuba and North Korea and theocracies like Iran and Saudi Arabia. I, I would agree with you on that, right? I think if I'm forced to be good... Am I really being good? Right? I'm not. I'm not really being good. I'm being forced. I agree. Yes. All right. Let me grab this little piece. It's a quick one also. I think you'll enjoy this. Again, all of these are short. They're quick. They're interesting. And they talk about happiness. Oops. I'm sorry. Did I keep going? Sorry. I got to pop into the next lesson. I apologize. Wrong one. Sorry. There we go. Suffering. Sorry. Suffering. Means different things, different people. Most people who are well are trying to. If you're told that people can be less happy, it doesn't, that doesn't feel good, does it? The thing to remember here is there are certain people who believe they are either unworthy or unable to be happy. someone worse off they suffer it's a law of nature right if you make someone less less well off they suffer every time you make someone worse off whether through physical violence threatening or theft you are causing them to suffer does that make sense think about a time someone hurt you sorry or took me against your will. Did you feel better? Did it make you happy? If it's true that suffering always follows, maybe we should stop making people worse off. And I say, Larry, this is some obvious stuff here. What are you telling me about? This is some obvious stuff. Yes, it is. But every time we do something that people don't want done, it makes them worse off and they suffer. That includes government. That goes back to the first thing I was talking about, right? Back to the first thing I was talking about. If it is immoral or unethical for me to do the thing, why would it be moral or ethical for government to do the thing? If someone's taking something from you, threatening you, whatever the case may be, forcing you, the question goes back, though, to what Roy talked about, right? Is this, you also have responsibility to not hurt those around you also. Now, the hard part, 
is what Matthew was talking about. This is all subjective. It is. But when we just do a blanket, government is not like us. Government can do what it wants. Government can do what's right for the good of every. If that's just the blanket blank check that we write, none of this matters. Again, sometimes government will be right. Sometimes it will be wrong. That's still going to happen. But when we base it off the idea that government can do what it wants to its citizens for the greater good, period, we get lots of bad things. We get lots of people who are being less happy, who are being harmed, and who are suffering. And if eventually you take everything away from people, they have nothing to lose. There is nothing in this world more dangerous than someone with nothing to lose. We don't want that. We want people to be looking for happiness, feeling good, suffering to be minimized. There will always be suffering. I wish I had the magic power to make nobody suffer. I don't. People will suffer. They will be suffering. The question is, can we minimize it? I say yes. I think we can. I think we can create an environment where there is min- the, minim- the minimum amount of suffering. I think that can be done. Every time someone demonstrably harms you, you will be happier, be less happy, less than before. You'll be less happy, of course, obvious. Every time someone harms you and you suffer like this, right? This is a law of nature. It's not rare. Why am I saying this? Some of the things are minor, right? Do we feel it's fair? Again, it, it is It is subjective. Most libertarians hate all taxation, all of it. You hear it all the time. But most Americans don't feel that way. This is in every time they do a, a poll, most Americans are not anti-tax. What they are, most Americans, that is, not libertarians, most Americans are, at, are anti-too much tax. Now, what's too much tax? Clearly, that is subjective, right? But what most Americans hate is taxes, and then I don't get what I want. Taxes, and my roads are still bad. Taxes, and I'm still, this bad thing still happens, right? So if Americans were, and this is as a whole, not libertarians, if Americans as a whole believed their taxes were giving them goods and services that they wanted, most Americans would be happy with taxation. They would. They wouldn't be suffering. Because they would believe it's valuable. The value they would get in return, their ability to pursue happiness would be far, would far outweigh any suffering they would be getting from taxation if they felt that. It is, again, to Matthew's point, this is all subjective. There's no way I could find the right amount or the right thing for everybody. But I still should be beginning there. I've got to begin there and not just keep raising taxes, keep raising money. We just tax the rich, tax the poor, tax whatever. That's where we are now. We're not at the right place. And that's what I'm trying to get at. When someone demonstrably harms you, you experience unhappiness and suffering, of course. Absolutely. Grossly simple, right? I get it. But it begins the conversation. And that's what I want. All right. Let me grab a couple of these. Um, Let's see. Chad says, I personally believe that folks should should be more focused on reducing the harm of drugs instead of going to war against it. Yes. Chat, thank you. By just throwing a lot of folks in prison just for holding on to it. Agreed completely. Yes. Roy says, pursuit of happiness is a choice, but oppressive government actions can limit that pursuit. Bingo. 100% yes. Absolutely. Now, sometimes society will be oppressive. That does happen too, right? That does happen. That's a different issue. 
if society, if society or some individuals actually physically stopping you, well, then government should step in, right? Government should step in if you if, if someone's trying to stop you from doing something, right? Of course. But if you're but if your individual community is, maybe you should change your community, right? And that's okay. You can pack up, leave, change, ignore them, whatever you feel is appropriate in your world. Absolutely. So, all right. Um, Dave says some liberals and or some conservatives. More government intervention in the lives of my opponents is freedom and happiness to me. Thank you. Yes. And it's and it's it's a short term glory, right? Ha ha. My guy or my gal beat you up and forced his or her will upon you. So now I'm happy because I got to win. It's short. It's fleeting. It's just fleeting. So, yes. All right. Um, Dave's I'm a political muckraker by trade. Happiness is spreading rumors of career politicians. I wish I had more of them. Maybe people would pay attention to me. <laughs> Maybe I should do that. Jess says true happiness is freedom. Let me let me let me let me bring up a very interesting concept on this. Is freedom the ability to do what you like? Or is freedom the freedom from Things that hold you back, right? Most people on the right, when they see freedom, it is freedom to. Most people on the left, it is freedom from. And you might say, what does that mean? And that's not, that's not 100%. It's a very broad brush. I know it's a broad brush. But I'm purposely doing this for, for what you just said, Jess. Purposely for just that. You would find people on the left to say, look, I need to be freedom free from hunger. How can I pursue happiness if I'm just trying to put food in my mouth, right? How can I be free um, to to achieve something if I don't have a roof over my head? How can I be free to to find a, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, a spouse, whatever I'm looking for, if I don't have enough money to have two people survive? How can I build a family if there's no school for my child? Those types of things, right? And that's how most people on the left see freedom, the freedom from something. Most people on the right see the freedom to do something, right? So there's an argument for both. There absolutely is. The question is, how are you imposing on others to make any of those true? And that's where it becomes very subjective. But again, if we're looking at the right, if we're looking in the right direction, right, we can find the right answers. If we screw up, we can adjust and shift. So I think it is freedom, but freedom from or freedom to. There's an old Devo song. Yes, you, I'm dating myself from the 70s. From an album called Freedom From Choice. Some people don't want to choose. There are people right now, Jess, who don't want to be free. And for them, happiness is ignorance. Happiness is just doing as I'm told. There are people like that. Is that freedom? So I think it's a very, it's an open statement you made, very broad. You can see it in many different ways. So the question is, which one do you prefer? How are you looking at that, right? Yes. Um, and says, how do we overcome trauma in our pursuit of happiness? Asking as a felon who served four and a half years in New York State Prison. Yeah, it is not easy at all. As a general rule, and this is a general rule, I don't know your specific trauma. As a general rule, the more open you are, the more accepting you and those around you are, 
the the better your trauma will be or the less bad. Maybe it's, how do you say is trauma better? The less bad your trauma will be. That's a general rule. Generally speaking, the more you have to hide it or not talk about it or people aren't accepting of it, the worse your trauma will be as a general rule. Again, I don't know your specific trauma, but we as people, and you hear me say it all the time, my mother was a felon, right? I say all the time, I want people to have second chances. I speak about it openly because I don't want people to feel like I screwed up and now I have to deal with that forever. Or maybe you went to prison and horrible things happened to you in prison. I don't want people to feel like, oh, I can't talk to this guy because bad things happened to him in prison or he did bad things in prison. Maybe you did bad things in prison. I'm not judging you. You were in prison. Bad things happen and people do bad things. Rikers Island's a jail and bad things happen and people do bad things. I get it. And I wish more people be that way and we can talk people through this. So I think that's the most important piece. And what I would do is, as I mentioned, as governor, I'd come up with specific rules for felons, which is if you hire a felon, the first two years after you hire, when you hire that felon, no, um, uh, no payroll tax, right? On that felon, any other felons. And if you have a certain percentage, no payroll tax at all. No payroll tax for two years. As long as you have the percentage, you keep it for two years. As long as that, that, that window keeps going, right? It's a rolling window. So as long as you do that, you might go, Larry, the people will hire felons for two years and fire them and then hire another felon at two years so they can never pay, uh, so they can never pay uh, payroll tax. Good. You will be literally training my felon population. Good. Make it like that. You're giving felons two years of a resume. Yes. That's way cheaper than putting someone back in prison for 10 years. Me losing those two years of payroll tax? Keep it. Please, way cheaper and better and more happiness. You're right. We have to be more accepting of it. In fact, looking for it. I, I wish there were people going, hey, can, you, can I find a, a, a felon hiring network? Be awesome if that would be true. I think that's true for felons, addicts, and many times those overlap. Not always, but they often do. So, yes, I'm with you. So, um, Avi says, Comrade de Blasio is full of with his redistribution of wealth nonsense. Yes, but he believes it, Avi. As you've heard me say many times, he believes this isn't him talking trash. This isn't him lying or pandering to his base. That's not him. He believes it, right? Because he owns a townhouse in Park Slope, which is a hip and very expensive area of Brooklyn. If he's serious about spreading wealth, he can start with his own property and turn into a commune for the homeless. He is a delusional idiot that made life in his city unbearable. Yes to all those things, but Avi, you remember something. He believes he's special. And I'm not joking. He believes he's special. See, he's smarter than you and me. He's got the answers. So he doesn't count. Only you and I do. He's better than us. He does believe that. So that's where his head is. He's not making it up. That's what he honestly believes. He's smarter than us, Avi. He's better than us. He gets to keep his cool house. Everyone else give up all your stuff. But he keeps the cool house. Isn't it weird how that always works that way? Yes, that would be great. So, all righty. Um, I appreciate all those things. Just as here's the link, libertarianism.com. Yes, if you can go there, that'd be great. Yes, absolutely. So let me uh, let me do one piece. Missy says, support the Sharp Way Show. Please do that for free. You can like, comment, share, and subscribe. It is helpful. You can also go to libertarianism.com, sign up, and also get some cool merch. So yes, absolutely. All right, let me uh, grab the next one.
if I could. This one is, is again, always a grossly simple, and they just that make you think about it. When you're actually talking, the weird part is you're talking about libertarianism. Here is the principle of human respect. A minute long. Making people worse off makes them suffer. So an important question is, do you want people to be happy? Do you? Not just you. Do you want them to be happy? Do you want other people to be happy? Even strangers you don't even know. Do you wish for them to be happy or do you wish them to be suffering? If you generally want others to suffer, you should probably seek help. They're right. Of course, you might not care about the people in one way or another. That's okay. You might not care. You might say, I don't care what happens to them. But that's the same thing as wanting others to suffer. If like us, you want to seek happiness for others, you should abstain from injuring others and taking what's theirs. Because when we do, we all have a better life. That's the basis of morality. And we call this the principle of human respect. Now, why do I bring this piece up? Same idea. Do you have to want people to feel good? No. Do you have to want people to be happy? You don't have to. I hope you do. It's nice if you do. I hope you do. You don't have to. The question is, do you actively want people to suffer? Now, what I would ask you to think about, for those of you who are now or have been heavily involved in left versus right politics, they do. They want people, the other, to suffer. That's not a good thing, which is why you will see, and I'm glad even Avi mentioned it, right? I very much make a difference between the leadership and the average person. Did I want Cuomo to suffer? Yeah, I did. It's true. I wish I did, but yeah, I did. There's no doubt I did. There's no doubt it was personal. No doubt I did. Do I want the average Democrat to suffer? 100% no. Not even close. No. Because I don't believe the average Democrat follows Cuomo, or followed, and some still do, because they're trying to make others hurt. Not the average Democrat. There are some bad people out there. Of course there are. Cuomo's a bad guy, worthy of suffering. But the average Democrat just wants to be happy, and they think that's the best way of going. Or they're afraid the Republicans will make them unhappy, right? They're worried about that. The current back and forth encourages each side to want the other side to suffer. I'm saying our movement says, I don't want you to suffer. Hopefully you'll be happy. If you won't be happy, at least I'll leave you alone. I'm not going to cause you to suffer. I'm going to let you do you. You might suffer. You might not, but I'm going to walk over here. And I would argue where some people will say, and I hear all the time, well, that's you being selfish because you don't want to help them. You're being selfish. First off, you know I want to help. That's number one. I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't want to help. Number one. But let's say I just, uh, average libertarian, eh, whatever, you do you. How is that worse than someone who says, you must do things my way or you will suffer? You are seeing it now in New York State. You will do what the Democratic establishment tells you or you will suffer. You see that now or you will suffer. They are actively making you suffer. And the argument, of course, is, but Larry, if you don't do these things, they will suffer anyway. Perhaps that is true. Perhaps they will. I don't know that. 
But the difference is, am I actively trying to make them suffer or am I saying, you do you? I hope you don't suffer. But if you do, sorry about that. But you do you. I'm not going to participate. I'm not going to actively make you suffer. I'm going to let you do you. And if you need my help, ask me. I'll help you out. You need my help. Good luck, man. Hope this go well. And people look at that as being selfish. And I would argue the opposite is true. I would argue giving you the respect to follow your life the way you want to follow it is actually less selfish than saying, no, Jess, do it my way. No, Avi, my way or you suffer because I know better than you. I know what's right. You don't. That's the difference. It's a big deal. As simple as these questions are, you see it happening literally in our state right now. The video asks whether you want other people to be happy or suffer because those who want to see others suffer can't consistently be committed to the principle of human respect. Yeah, you're a bad person. If you you constantly want others to suffer, something's wrong with you, right? You should not be that involved that you want people to suffer all the time, right? Clearly, you want some people to suffer. We all do. We're just humans. I get it. But you shouldn't be like, hey, let me get outside, make people suffer. You got a problem if you're that person. And that, and none of this matters if that's who you are. But again, what I would argue is the left-right paradigm encourages you to constantly be thinking the other should suffer. Next, those who want to see others suffer will probably end up being destructive to society. Yeah. Again, we see that now. Think about how divisive our society is. Think about, and I go back to what Bill Maher said. I brought this up before and I bring it up again. He said he was on one, one, one of his shows about a month ago. He said he was talking to his liberal friends, Bill Maher, obviously on the left. And he said, they, were, they were saying things like, why won't these Republicans, why don't these conservatives vote the way we tell them to? Why, why do they keep voting against their best interest? Why do they keep voting for people who aren't going to help them? That's what his liberal friends were telling him or asking him. And he said, because they hate you. That's what he said. Because they hate you. Well, if they hate you, they're not going to support you no matter what. So even if you are right, and Avi, maybe de Blasio is totally right, and he has all the answers, and he's going to solve all our problems. I mean, it's not, but for sake of argument, say he is. I still don't want to follow him because he's forcing me. I don't like him. He's a, he's, he's, he's a pompous ass. I don't like him. I don't want to follow him. Even if Cuomo had every answer, he didn't. But even if he did... I hate the guy. I wouldn't want to follow him, even if he was right. This is the piece here. We have to stop hating each other or we will be destructive to our society. If you want others to be happy or at least pursue happiness, what should you do? Now, this may sound silly, but again, we are seeing this. Number one, pass laws that help more people become happy. That makes sense, right? Let's pass some happiness laws. Yeah, when I say happiness laws, yeah, it probably isn't going to work, is it? The happiness laws don't work, but people want them. We'll pass happiness laws. Or two, increase police power so that bad actors aren't causing people to suffer. Also what we do, literally, we do both of those things constantly. But we know they don't work. Because we're not happier. Americans aren't happier. 
You know it. You see us all around. You watch us online. You see us in person. We're not happier. I mean, some individuals are. But as a group, we're not happier. Or last, refrain from initiating harmful acts. Grossly simple. But what if government thought that way? What if government thought refrain from initiating harmful acts? As simple as that sounds, could you imagine if government thought that way? If that was true, there's no war on drugs. There's no war on terror. There's no surveillance state. None of that exists. If government simply thought that simply, refrain from initiating harmful acts. War on drugs is pass laws make more people happy and increase power. That's both of them, right? It's both of them. And neither worked. It really does matter. That's simple. Principle of human respect can be characterized as the basis of all morality. I think yes. Selfishness and greed. That's what people think we are. You know that's not true. You wouldn't be watching if you thought it was true. But people think that. Yes. Always showing respect to those who deserve it. Ooh, that's a tough one, isn't it? It's a tough one. Shouldn't you show respect to people who deserve it? It's a caveat, though. Who deserves it? And you know where my head is. I'm going right back to Cuomo. When Cuomo was accused of the things he was accused, I shut my mouth and I said, he deserves due process. You know I don't like that man. And you know I was happy he's gone. I was giddy when he was gone. Like I was like, like a school kid. I was giddy when he was gone. I loved every minute of him going down. I did. No question. I did. I was petty. I loved it. And I still said he deserves due, due process. And I shut my mouth. When everyone else was hammering him, I shut up until the investigation was done. Then I hammered him. But even him, respect as a human being, either way. Everyone deserves it. There is the caveat. Everyone deserves it. As a government, I should say. Individuals, that's separate. As a government is what I mean, right? That's the issue. So, yes. All righty. So, let's see if I can go here. All righty. Um, let's see here. Roy says, freedom is not forcing people to do, to do subjective good acts, but enforcing people's rights against others interfering with what they believe are good acts that hurt no one. I'm... Don't think I could have said that better. I don't think I could have said it better. I think you're totally correct. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So, all right, let me see if I can uh, keep going if I could. David says, I think Americans are mad because they don't get their money's worth of services from their taxes. Government makes things more expensive, less efficient. I think you're right, right? In the perfect world, right? If 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 I had a perfect world, I would be... In, in, in a perfect world, there would be enough jobs for everybody who wanted it and enough charity for everyone who needed it, right? That's our perfect world. I hope one day we get there. That'd be amazing. We're not there yet. What most people know is we pay taxes to help people or to get stuff. That's what people believe and they feel that. That's where we are right now. But when they're not getting it, they're more upset. So then what do we do now? If all we know, David, is government does it for us, then all we do is decide that we should keep using government. That's it. That's it. So Blaze says, you are, you, you're a smart guy. Do you think the Supreme Court will uphold Biden vaccine mandates? 
<clears throat> they have on a state city level from my understanding. I think they will do what they always do. Kick, kick it down the, kick it down the, uh, kick it down the road. I think I just, they'll kick it down the road. It's sad. They will. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> That's what they're going to do. I wish it wasn't true, but I think they will. So uh, Dustin says, happy economy, happy life. Often true, but it depends upon what's happening in that economy, right? Is that economy, um, who's who's being, who's being benefiting from the economy? And is it long-term or short-term, right? Is it long-term or short-term? So yes. Joan's son says, uh, is your happiness book available? Not yet. It is so much harder to write than I thought it was. So, but coming soon, I hope. Yes, absolutely. Avi says, Larry, although you are running as libertarian, do you think it makes sense to just participate in the Republican debate just for the exposure to show you debating chops and present actual solutions? It appears many Republicans in New York State are demoralized and find the Republican Party in New York State is empty and just controlled opposition. Maybe you presenting actual ideas and solutions may give them some motivation to care. Um, for those who don't know, because you asked, Avi, I am. I'm going to try to run in, in the Republican primary. Uh, in New York State, again, for those of you in New York, you know this. If you're not in New York, we have what's called fusion voting, which means you can actually run on multiple lines. So absolutely, I'm going to run as libertarian, as I always do. Right? That's what I, I'm a libertarian. Why would I not run as, as that? People say, Larry, why don't you just run as a Republican? Just become a Republican and run as a Republican. There's many reasons why I won't. The, the first one is I'm not a Republican. It would be unethical. It would be wrong. I'm, I'm not that. I'm libertarian. So do I overlap with many Republican things? Sure. And Democrat, too. So the problem is there's no way Democrats would ever let me in their primary. That's never going to happen in my state. It is, impo- it is literally impossible. It's really hard to get in a Republican primary even. It's impossible to get in Democratic primary because they're going to have to agree to let a libertarian run in their primary. Democrats would never do that. Republicans might. So that's why I'm trying to run in the Republican primary for that reason. But I'm not going to change my party registration. I'm not going to run as Republican because I'm not one. If I was a Republican, I would run as one. I'm not. And I don't want to lie to you guys. I don't want to lie to New Yorkers. I don't want to lie to Republicans. I want them to know you're voting for the Libertarian. I hope you believe and get this is your best chance at getting the things that you want done in this state is by voting for Libertarian and not for Republican. Republicans have lost. They are empty. You're right. The Republican establishment has failed this state for 20 years. I'll say that again. Those of you in New York, Democrats have run this state for 20 years straight. If they were going to fix it, they would have. You got 20 years to fix it. They would have fixed it. If the Republicans actually had a plan, they had 20 years of watching Democrats fail. They'd have had a plan. They don't have a plan because there is no plan. Republicans have no plan. Democrats don't care. That's where we are right now. So I think you're right, Avi, and I will try. Hopefully, the Republicans will agree and let me run, but they may not. So Jess says, what you're saying about suffering is true. Each side, the Democrats, Republicans, want the other side to suffer. Yep. Lately, I see Democrats actually celebrating the unvaccinated dying. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. It is so horrible. So terrible. If you're unvaccinated and you die... How is that a good thing? It's not. Even if you believe that the person made a mistake and should have gotten vaccinated. Okay, you believe that. I got it. And maybe you're right. Who knows what that person is? Some people should be getting vaccinated. So maybe that person fell into that category. Maybe they should have been vaccinated and maybe they weren't. Fine. I'll, I'll accept all of that as true for the sake of this argument. Does that mean I should be happy or celebrate this? Of course not. 
It's terrible, and it just makes us hate each other more. As Benjamin says, suffering sells. Yeah. Um, yeah. Terrible. You're right. I wish it wasn't true. So, all right, let's see. Um, let me grab a couple more of this. Thomas, I love this show. Thank you so much, Thomas. I appreciate that. Yes, I appreciate that. I'm trying my best to make that work. Yes. And says, thank you. I was a dumb aging role with a few guns. Uh, integration back was non-existent. Yep. But the biggest holdup was not allowing felons to, con- to congregate. I want to help young men like me, but legally can't. This next piece, not only, and he goes right to it, parole. Yes. Not only should we be dealing with how we do with felons, but also parolees. I talk about parole reform. And people go, parole reform, what do you care about parolees? Yes, I do, because they're with us in the world, right? And the problem is, the current laws, literally, you can't be around other known felons. How stupid is that? Holy crap, some congressman or assemblyman thought that was a good idea. How stupid is that person? Or just completely disconnected, particularly from a bad neighborhood, which many felons come from bad neighborhoods. We're a third of the population are felons. Many of them are your family. So when you need your family the most, you can't be with them when you go back to jail. How stupid is that? When you need felons who've made it, who survived and have now been successful and know how and know how you feel and can support you, you can't be around them. How stupid is that? That's our rules. You are correct, Dan. I will change those rules immediately if I'm governor. That's stupid. That is insanely dumb. There's no way. you. Of course, if (laughs) not being around felons the same as gun-free zones, they're exactly the same. If you, if you're going to be doing bad things, you're going to do bad things and you're going to go find felons and go do bad things and you're going to get caught. That's how it works. You know it. I know it. I've been around felons. If you've been around felons, you know it. That's what's going to happen. But if you don't want to, you matter people who aren't doing bad things, you'll find a way around them, whether they're felons or not. So, yes, 100% yes. It is, again, are we focusing on problems or are we focusing on righteousness paulo says great show hope you do more programs like this thank you paul i appreciate that I, I really do let me see if i can grab where i was here hold on i gotta go back to where i was i lost my space here i didn't answer the last question by mistake and so the i gotta go back to where i was hold on let me find this one here i have to head back to there we go um all right this next one is talking about violence now this matters tremendously. Listen to what I mean and why this matters tremendously. Again, another short one. All of these are very short, like a minute or two. All of them are short, but you'll get it right here. Here we go. It's strange. The number of people fully committed to human respect. It's pretty small. Absolutely pretty small. You think there'd be more of us, right? Think more people would want this. A lot of people say they follow the golden rule, for example. Then they turn and support people or policies that are at odds with human respect. In other words, when it comes to politics, people are willing to see others violated. Right? You know, as as long as someone else is the violator, what does that mean? Behind every regulation, directive, or tax lies a threat. Everyone 
comply or else, often comply or die. By supporting most politicians and their policies, partisans are supporting the architecture of violence. No one can refuse. If you have other plans, it doesn't matter. People with guns and jails will compel you. But imagine if everyone followed the principle of human respect. People would have to learn to govern themselves without violence. Initiating violence. That's hard for people to imagine. They're used to this system. So true. But not us. We think peace and well-being and well-being is important to community, to productivity, and we can start by building our own. A community of human respect. Now, I got to keep bringing this up for an important reason why, why I bring this up. Because we believe, many people believe, that government is not violence. And none of some of you libertarians are exploding. No, I'm, I'm serious. They believe that it is not violence. I've asked people, I've said, you know, what about government violence? Well, no, it's not violence. Well, you just passed the law. Well, that's a law. We voted on it. So if we vote on it, that means now it's not violence? Yeah, people think that. They do. People think that if you vote on it, it's not violence. But it is. Now, does that mean we, we should have no violence? Of course not. There are bad people in this world who violence is basically the only answer. That's true. Those exist. But remember, if some of you remember, you saw my, might have seen my Larry Thon, where Judge Jim Gray brought up a thing that I love so much. He says, if I get it right, um, prison is for people we're afraid of, not people we're mad at. Right? That's the difference. If there are people creating victims, violence is appropriate. Of course it is. Of course it is. They're creating victims. Violence is completely appropriate. Remember, we are against the initiation of force. But a response, completely fine. That's okay. That's what government is. If government is spending its time, as Roy said, defending people's rights and stopping others from infringing upon you, all good. If that was our government, I'm hardly complaining at all. That was our piece, but it isn't. The actual architecture that we have today voting, police, all those things, it is the architecture of violence. And that is not by default a bad thing. The bad thing is how do we use it? That's the issue. The idea that we have, right? The idea that we have an architecture of violence is not a bad thing in itself. It is how we use that. Are we using it to defend people's rights? Are we using it not to initiate violence, but to then defend others? Are we using our prisons for people who've committed uh, acts that created victims? Fraud, theft, uh, assault, any of those things are all crimes. You're creating a victim. You're hurting people. You're taking their stuff. You're you're hurting them in, in many different ways. Yeah. or you know, you had a plant in your pocket that I don't like. Yeah, you got to go to jail. Yeah, you got to go to jail. And there's a second piece of this, which we're seeing now. The architecture of violence is at the top. But because that becomes the way of doing things, now we move it down. And now all of a sudden, now it is now local. 
It is now our business, our school, whatever it is, whatever it is, how are we using that balance? That's the key, the key piece. Every single bar, as you start voting, when you start voting left or right, here's the other issue. Most people believe that they're voting defensively. So it's authorized. I'm going to vote for the for the left guy because the right guy is going to destroy everything. I'm voting for the right guy because the left guy is going to destroy everything. So I've got to vote defensively. I'm an initiating force, Larry. I'm defending myself against the other guy. Well, in theory, I, I can see the argument. I can. But I go back to the same thing I said already. Bush got us Obama. Obama got us Trump. Trump got us Biden. How's that working? It's not. It's not. I was on someone's podcast. I forgot which one it was. And he said, Larry, you know, what if you knew there was going to be a terrible president um, if, if you didn't vote a certain way, right? So um, he was more on the right. So he was more like, you know, it's going to be whatever. Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris is terrible. Whether you left or right, whatever. She's terrible. But say that. Harris is going to be the president if I if I don't vote for the Republican, right? That's what someone tells me. So what are you going to do? You're, going to, you're not going to vote for Libertarian in that case, right? You're going to make sure Harris isn't president. I was like, no, I'm still voting Libertarian. He's like, but then we're going to have Harris as president. I said, so we don't have her now. We have her four years from now or eight years from now. I'm just delaying the inevitability. It's going to swap again. So I get some, some airhead Republican or some airhead Democrat. And I rotate. So what? I want to vote third party to break duopoly to set a precedent that there has to be a third party. Because if there's at least one party talking about happiness, not about the other, people will begin to move towards it. I see it in my world. Many of you see it. They slowly start coming towards us. What they need is some success. Wait a minute. These guys could actually win. These guys can make impact. They can make better Republicans and better Democrats. And I know some of you don't want to hear me say that, but I'm going to anyway. The reality of it is, no matter how good we do next year, we're not going to all of a sudden make everybody libertarian. It's not going to happen. I wish it would. If I had the magic button, I would push it. I don't have it. But am I going to make it to where there are better Republicans and better Democrats? Yes, because they'll have to move towards us. Because if they don't, they're going to lose those votes. And they care about their power more than anything. More than anything. Wouldn't it be better if Democrats were actually about civil liberties? They're supposed to be, right? If you look at what they talk about, they're supposed to be. They're not. But they're supposed to be. Would it be nice if more of them would shift towards that? Better Democrats. Republicans are supposed to be about less taxes, smaller government. Supposed to be. They're not. But it's supposed to be. Would it be nice if they were moving towards that? With, with voting third party, we can do that. Because we're not about initiating violence. What you've heard me say so many times. Government does four things well. And every plan that every Democrat, every Republican comes up with is always a part of these four. Every time. Kill people. Imprison people. Create bureaucracy. Write a check. Those are the four things government does well. Kills people. In mass. Very good at that. Just indiscriminately. Very good at that. Just blow people up. Great. Imprison people. We will find all kinds of ways of imprisoning people. We'll make special secret black ops places in Eastern Europe. We'll build Guantanamo Bay. We'll build prisons. We'll build super mega prisons. We're good at that. We will lock people up all day long. Create bureaucracy because now we're stopping the bad guys somehow. But we will do that, which would just make the regular average everyday person be terrible. But the bad people still keep going. 
And of course, lastly, write checks. Just write checks, write checks, write checks, write checks. So they ever do constantly. Does that solve anything? Are we better off now? We've been doing that for at least 100 years, if not more. I made that number up, probably more than that. Is it getting better? Is our government better? It's bigger. If you think bigger is better, then yes. But I don't see that, right? Not better. It's not working. So look, the reality of it is, I always talk about multiple policies that never have those four things. No force, no taxes, no enforcement, never. No need. It's always changing the environment. I don't hate the player. I hate the game. Change the game, you get better players. Change the environment, you get better results. Change the environment to get better results. Are there going to be people who cheat and do things bad? Yeah, that's what cops and prisons and courts are for. Yes, that's what they're for. That's why we have them. Otherwise, why do we have them? That's why we have them. Let's use them for those people because some people will do that stuff. Get them. Okay. And hopefully make it restorative somehow to where now they have to pay it back in some way, shape, or form. That'd be nice too. At least at that point, you can separate the sociopaths from non-sociopaths and give people a second chance. That'd be nice too. So yes, we should do that. We should focus on the entrepreneur class, which is going away, which is going away. What government does very well is create environments that support two types of environments, big business, black market. Man, they're good at those two. Big business where they get their money and power. Black markets, how they control us, out of fear, every single time, again and again and again. So, yeah, sorry about that. Anyway, so Jericho says, the people who think that voting on something makes it not violent, you know, the Nazis crushed it at the ballot box in 1933. It's true. Yes, they were, what, over a third of their Reichstag, if I'm not mistaken, something like that. Yeah, absolutely. They were so popular. Some of you don't know this. People think, well, Hitler took over Germany. I mean, I guess he did in theory, but not violently. He was appointed by Hindenburg because the Nazis had taken so much of the, the National Socialists, or the Nazis, had taken so much of the Reichstag, which was their Congress, taken so much of it, that he had to pacify them. So he said, you know what, we'll just, we'll just make Hitler the chancellor. He made Hitler the chancellor, then Hindenburg died. He basically became the boss because Hindenburg died. I'm not joking, that literally happened. That's how he did it. Yes, totally illegal. Then he changed the laws, and then that was that. The Reichstag said, Sieg Heil did whatever he said, and that was it. Done. You're right. Good point. So Jess says, under our current duopoly, politicians create more victims than actual prisoners. They're the true perpetrators of violence. Yes, absolutely. Avi says, Larry, if the Republican Party was smart, they would allow you to, to debate and copy most of your ideas. I, they're on my website. They can just take them. I'm not hiding them. They can take them. They won't, Avi, because they don't want to solve anything. That's not the goal. I've never hidden any of my policies. I gave them a COVID policy in March of 2020. No one took it. And they know who I am. Like they don't know who I am. They don't take it because they don't care. That's the reason why. So, and make an alliance with you that even if they won, they would give you a place in New York State Republican Administration. That'd be nice, but they probably won't. They would push me away. Sadly, their greed and zealotry would most likely get in the way. If libertarians and conservatives would unite, we would have a chance in scrapping the democratic machine in New York State. I think if we can get credit coalition, it could work. I do think a coalition could work. I do believe that. Yes. Dave says, it will be a choice between a communist for the Democrats and a proto-fascist Republicans before they get better. I hope you're wrong, Dave, but that's, 
that's not, yeah, that's believable. That's totally believable. Absolutely. Yes. Um, all right. Sam says, I'm unhappy that police are intimidating five-year-olds, asking them for their vax passports, moving from restaurants. Shame on businesses and citizens for not seeing their vax packs. You made a, a very big point. And I've told this story before, but it's an important point for me. Someone once said, Larry, I'm worried that one day, because of my safety, that people in a white van come by and grab me and say, I'm a, I'm a medical threat to people. And they grab me and put me in a white van and drive me off. And I'm never seen again. I said, I'm actually not afraid of the people in a white van. He's like, why? They're going to drive us away. I said, mm, that's not what I'm afraid of. I've heard of two other people. Your neighbor to the right, who called them? That's the first person I'm afraid of. The person on the right who called them and said, go, go get him. Go get him, guys. He's the bad guy. Number one. Number two, the neighbor on the left who just sat back and watched. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. But do you want to be to be forward? A lot of people get mad and go, why aren't you yelling and screaming, yelling and screaming? Do you want to be the guy yelling and screaming when most people are okay with it? Do you want to be that guy? Do you want to be the guy who can try to convince those people who are okay with it to not be okay with it? I don't want to be the only guy yelling into the wind. I want to be the guy who convinces the people who right now are like, this is a great idea. Oh, yeah. And then I go, is it really? Can we have a conversation? And I go, you know what? It's not a good idea. Huh. What I'm sure of is me yelling and screaming is nowhere near as valuable as me getting several hundred thousand people on my side. Way stronger, number two. Way stronger. I'm not saying people shouldn't yell and scream. Please go ahead. Absolutely. I'm saying I'm trying to get people on my side. I would rather have an army of people going, that guy's right. Let's listen to that guy. He's right. Way more important than going, another guy yelling and screaming. Let's not listen to him. And some people don't like that. But that's my point. I think that's important. Anyway, so I hope that was interesting. Because let me grab one more piece if I could. This is going to be the, the questions for this one, which are uh, which are usually, as, as, as always, uh, relatively uh, simple. But they again, they bring up the questions. Hold on. Did I mess this one up? What did I mess up? Hold on. I might be messing stuff up here. Hold on. All right. Hold on. I have to go to number four real fast. And I maybe didn't finish the video. I must have quit the video too early. Sorry about that, guys. Let me let me, let me get that. Let me get that uh, going if I could. Um, I got to grab that quiz. So in case the, the point I'm bringing up with all of these things is while they may be simple, you actually see it, right? You actually see it in in our daily life, constantly. You see it again and again and again. And that's what I'm trying to stop. I don't want to keep seeing it again and again and again. I don't want that. So, all right, let me grab the, uh, did I go, did I miss it again? Hold on. Let me grab this now if I could. There we go. All right. So now if I look at the questions here, the questions are, why does the video say there's a small number of people committed to human respect? Why? And the first piece is because most people want to be evil. No, I think that's obviously not true, right? People, most people, there are evil people. Most people do not want to be evil. Of course not. Absolutely. Next question, because most people don't know about the principle. That's true. I think most don't. Most don't really get it 100%. 
Because most people support policy that are fundamentally allows human respect. Yeah, they often do. They often do. Here's the piece that I want to bring up. And some of you will be upset by this, but I'm going to, but I talk about it all the time. The golden rule. I'm actually not impressed by the golden rule. The golden rule says, do unto others as you would like to be done upon yourself. No, that's how I start imposing my will upon you. No, I want the platinum rule. That's better than a golden rule. Do unto others how they want to be done upon. Way better. Way better. How about I treat you the way you want to be treated? How about I leave you alone and let you do what you feel is appropriate to be done? Instead of me deciding, well, what I would like is this. Therefore, you would like that. You know what? Golden rule, not so great. Platinum rule, way better. The platinum rule is the right rule. It is do one to others as they want to be done. Because some people, even as libertarians, some people don't want to be free. And that's okay. That is okay. Some people want to follow others dearly. They're in trouble. They have worries. They have concerns. They, they, don't, feel, they don't feel like they're in the right spot to, 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 to deal with their own lives. Look, think about this. People voluntarily check themselves in the rehab. They think, I can't handle this anymore. I need, I need some help. People get married. People join the military. I joined the military, right? Literally, I, was, I gave up my rights when I joined the military. I thought that was the right answer for me. People often think that's the right answer for themselves. As long as they are voluntarily making choices that they feel are right for themselves, that's the answer. The platinum rule is actually better than the golden rule. So, yes. All right. Um, let's see if I go here next. Why does the video refer to politics as an architecture of violence? And I will bring that up right away, right? The number one issue is most people don't see voting as violence. Just don't see it. Well, we voted, so it's okay. They believe this. As They'll tell you this. I'm not making that up. So he says, because politics is a metaphorical cage match between politicians. Well, that's kind of true sometimes. But no, but yeah, that's kind of true sometimes. Because behind every tax, regulation, or directive, there lies an implicit threat of violence for those who don't comply. Yes. And the problem is, as any organization gets bigger, as any culture gets larger, as any thing like government gets bigger and bigger, it becomes the system is about saving the system. It's not about being right or correct or fair. It's about the system. That's all that matters is the system. Now, does the system matter? Of course it does. Systems matter. We, we should, and I got to be very spare, clear on should, we should trust all of our institutions. We should. Clearly we don't. They've given us reason to not. But we should, right? Now, perfect world, we would trust our institutions, right? Because we've, we have supported them. Um, there's been good democracy, transparency. That's what should be happening. And then we support our institutions. They're, all those things, that's what should be happening. That's not even close to what's happening. A lot of people don't trust our institutions at all. And one of the biggest pieces is a lack of transparency and a do as I say, it doesn't matter if it works. You've probably seen this in the recent articles about um, FBI agents who have uh, who were not prosecuted for terrible crimes. I've forgotten details of it, but it's something like, you know, dozens of crimes that, that FBI agents have done. They were never prosecuted because if they were prosecuted, they might, you know, give out state secrets and stuff in their courts. So they weren't prosecuted. I'm not making that up. You don't know that. That's actually a true thing. What? 
The system is more important than the victims. The system is more important than the victims. So um, last, because ballots are no better than bullets. Wow, it's a tough one. Um, I'm going to say that one, that last one's a tough one, right? Because the reality is, do I want a revolution? Not a violent one. No, I am not a fan of civil war at all. No, 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 and no, I'm not a fan. I know some people, I call people sometimes they go, that's the only answer. It's got to be violent. I hope not. We haven't gotten over our last civil war in, uh, uh, a year, 150 years ago. We haven't gotten over our last one 150 years ago. Well, is it more? Well, 170 now, right? Whatever it is. 100 and some odd years ago. We haven't gotten over our last civil war. You want another one? No, thank you. Let's try to use the ballot box. Can we try that? I want to go that route. That's what I want to try. Now, look, if I'm wrong and the only way is that, okay, I'm wrong. But I'm going to be sure in my own mind, that I've done everything I could to make sure that doesn't happen, right? I'm going to do what I can to make sure that doesn't happen. Larry, are you going to save the world? No, I don't think I'm going to save the world at all. Do I think I can be one of the guys who sets it up to be saved? Yes, I do. Absolutely. I hope in the years to come, when the country is saved, people go back and say, that Larry Sharp guy, oh man, that guy helped a lot. I hope I'm one of those guys. I hope that's what happens. I really do. And I think it can be. I think we can do that. That's what I want. I think the ballot box is better than bullets. I really do. Let's go that route. So, yes. But the reality of it is, behind everything is threat of violence. Comply or die. Yes. What is an important but easily forgotten aspect of, of the political process? One, in the political process, government agents have to use threats of violence to force compliance. Yes. In the political process, citizens participate by voting in elections which makes the system nonviolent. Ooh. That's what people still think. If the citizens vote on it, it's okay. It doesn't make okay. Okay. It was, it was legal for women to not vote. It was totally legal for, for cops to come in and knock women over the head with billy clubs and before 1920, knock them over the head, or, I'm sorry, 1919, uh, and knock them over the head with billy clubs and put them in jail for protesting for daring to vote. That was legal. Totally fine. Not anymore. And that's a good thing. And that is a good thing. So, all righty. And that takes care of that piece. I, I hope that part makes sense in what I'm doing, right? I hope you're getting what I'm talking about. So, yes. All right. Um, let me grab a couple more of these if I can. Lyndon says, if we don't trust institutions, they need, to, they need reformed or abolished. Agreed. Agreed. But what I would I would go one step further. Why don't we create parallel institutions? In other words, if one is government run, create one that is community run. And then by default, either the government one gets better, which is great, and competes well against the community one. Awesome. Giving us choices of which institution we want to believe in or, or work with, or the government goes away because the community has set up and provided whatever the community needs. So Creating a secondary piece, a parallel institution, I think solves that problem one way or the other. Either the government gets better, which would be great, or government goes away because this community-based uh, uh, issue has uh, agency has solved the problems or deals with the problems appropriate, appropriately. Ola says yelling and screaming will get you ratings. 
but it's exhausting. Before you know it, you become another Turner. Uh, I think you mean Tucker Carlson. Keep doing what you're doing, Larry. Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Uh, Jess says, uh, this is the best channel. Thank you. I appreciate that. The Real Mav says, I like the platinum rule. I'm all about the platinum rule. Do one to others how they want to be done upon. What do you want? All right. We'll do that. Absolutely. Yes. I'll do that. Yes. Um, democracy is great, but it requires good players. Yes. So it requires a good game. Yes. It requires a good game. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, Liberty of Death says, the last thing I want are for my children to be caught up in a civil war. 100%. I agree. Yes, yes, and yes. Yes. Remap says, lack of transparency is widespread in a local area, all over the place. Our town government ignores the residents and does whatever they want. Yep. It's in the backs of the residents. Just keep voting in the good old boys. That is so common. And one of the reasons why is because many of the people at local levels actually don't have any more power. They don't have more power. You might go, wait a minute, Larry. They don't have much power. In many cases, they don't because the state and uh, federal government have put so much, have just put so much control into it that now they can't do anything. They're actually stuck. They can't do anything. So they know they can't do anything. So they don't. They just take the money, run their job, and move on to the next thing, right? Or they keep themselves in power and that way. That, that, that's very common. Sadly, very common. Yes. All right, let me grab this, ne- this next one if I could. If I, the next one is, hold on. This one is a practice of compassion, right? This is the next thing. People think libertarians, we're not compassionate. Yeah, that's what we're about, 100%. We are. It sounds silly and idealistic. Yeah, it does. Absolutely. There's no authority to control people to write things correct. So how are we going to help the poor and the vulnerable? How are we going to do that? It's pretty simple. Just do it. I know. It's nuts. We find compassion all the time. We practice it. We do, we, do, we do it. And we give what we can efficiently, effectively. That's what we do. It has to do with compassion, the law of nature. Researchers have discovered this. This is true. When people choose to give and they see the positive result, they're happier. And if we outsource our compassion to distant capitals, we lose the opportunities to help those we know. We lose opportunities to become compassionate, and people are made worse off without the compassion. To believe in each other, to put charity on steroids, and say goodbye to compulsion that is compassionate. Compulsion is not compassionate. That brings out the worst in people. Whereas giving freely brings out the best. I said, wait a minute, Larry, are you really saying that? So giving freely brings out the best every single time. But Larry, if we do that, people will starve in the streets. Okay, great. Where's your your example of this? Are you telling me there aren't people committing suicide now? Are you telling me there aren't people who are having problems right now? Are you telling me the government has done such a great bang up job so far right now? If you know someone, who's actually been helped out of a bad situation, the odds are it was from an individual or private charity. You know that. What government does well is keep you right there. So you won't die, right? Okay, you're not going to die. Government's pretty good at giving you just enough so you won't die. That's almost always true. You either kill yourself because life has been so meaningless for you. 
you'll, you'll, you'll take your own life or you'll overdose, which is taking your own life also. But you're not going to thrive from that. You're going to just, you're not going to die unless you do it yourself. That's what government's good at. Well, I would like us to be more than just surviving. I would like all of us to have an opportunity to grow the way we want to grow. Right? Peter brought it up. You got to keep growing. Let's keep growing. But there's something else. And I bring this up when it comes to when it comes to people who sometimes lose hope. And people have absolutely lost hope and told me about it. When it comes, I say, look, you might not want to tell somebody that you're losing hope. I get it. It can feel terrible to admit to someone that you've lost hope or that you failed or the world's ending or you've done something very bad or, or something stupid or whatever, right? Something could be your fault. You did it. You knew you shouldn't have. You did it anyway. And now you're in trouble because of it. You don't want to tell somebody. But here's what I would say. For many people, purpose is critical. People need purpose. All of us do. Purpose changes. If you're in trouble, you can be someone else's purpose. They probably want to help you. If they love you, if they care about you, they want to help you. Well, they want to help you. Let them. You're giving them purpose. You're making them happy by them feeling valuable and helping you out of a problem. And when you get out, you say, hey, I'm out. Thanks for your help, man. All good. Now I'm out. Now you feel good because you're out. You might feel indebted to that person. You might feel like, you know what? I was in trouble. Ryan hooked me up when I was in trouble. Now I feel indebted. I'm going to go help out Ryan when he's in trouble. We're now helping each other out. Who's forcing us? Nobody. And if I'm that big of a jerk, if I'm that guy who's like, I don't care, you all got to help me, whatever. Eventually, Ryan realizes that and goes, don't help out Larry. The guy's a jerk. The jerk wants to help, help out. And Ryan goes, don't do that. I helped him out last night. That guy's a jerk. Don't help him out. Let him fail. And that may sound horrible, but that's what we do. That's what we do. What if I'm just unlucky and I fell down twice in a row? God, once was my fault, once wasn't. Once was my fault totally. Once was just wrong place, wrong time, right? But once was my fault. And when I screwed up, I told Ryan, I screwed up. I shouldn't have done it. So stupid. I screwed up. Ryan helps me out. And I feel bad about that. I feel when I help him out. So I help him out in return. I give him something in return. He feels it. We made a connection. So now we get screwed again. But this one's not my fault. I just screwed up. I mean, things just bad happened. I didn't make the mistake. I got screwed. Ryan can't help me. He's not a spot where he can help me anymore. But you know who can? Jericho can. She's in the right spot to help me. She goes to Ryan. She said, Larry, didn't he just screw up? Did this guy just fall down like a couple months ago? Ryan said, yeah. But here's the, and here's the reason why. And now she helps. And you've seen this happen in your own life. This happens again and again and again. Except now it's stopped. Because now we don't. Someone once told me, I remember it was a, a more hardcore libertarian. He says, Larry, we don't need, you know, like ambulances and stuff. You know, I mean, if you saw someone in the fraud, you'd help them out, wouldn't you? And I was like, I don't know if I would. Not because I'm not compassionate. Not because of that. I have been trained throughout my 50 some odd years of life that you don't have to help somebody. You call 911. That's what I've been burning to my skull since I was, you know, old enough to understand numbers, five or six years old. You summer problem, call 911. That's been burned to my skull. Would I simply function on habit? Would I just go, oh, and if I saw someone else with a phone, would I, oh, okay, I guess they're calling 911. I'll walk away. So I'll let the person on the floor bleed because someone's calling 911. That's all I'm supposed to do anyway. That may sound cruel, but I think you know what I'm talking about. 
We spend so much time in our lives being trained that government is the answer. We don't know how to step up anymore. We're trained to not step up. We're trained to just let the government do it. That's their job. Why would I care about charity? Don't we have welfare? Why would I care about this? Don't we have this and that? It's not working. As we throw more money and responsibility at the central government to fix everything, the less we jump on board. And I would go back to earlier, Ant, talking about being a felon. Who knows more how to deal with the issues of being a felon than a felon? If you're an addict, who knows more than if you're an addict? Clearly, if you're a certain type of addict, right? If your alcohol is your substance or cocaine is your substance or whatever is your substance, right? Whatever your, your, is your addiction. Who would know better than the person who's been through that and survived and grown? That's the person who knows better than any bureaucrat. If your kid is a special needs kid, who knows better how to help your special needs kid than another parent or kid who's been through that same issue versus someone's going to check a box in Albany or your state capital. The more we do this, the worse we are off. The more people become alienated, the more people separate themselves, the less community you have. Every time you add government, you by default remove community. We have to add community first so we can remove government. Now, again, I'll say something people think I'm crazy when I say. They say, Larry, if you had that button, so you libertarians know the button, the button again would get rid of government tomorrow when you press it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Why wouldn't you, Larry, get rid of government tomorrow? Why wouldn't you get rid of government tomorrow? Because right now, the way we are set up as a society, we wouldn't know what to do. The average libertarians would know, but we're 3% if we're lucky in the population right now. I wish we were 40%. We're not a huge percentage of population. The population would, would, would rebuild the government worse because they'd be afraid. Afraid Americans are the worst thing possible. Every single thing that I hate about the government has come from afraid Americans. Everything, war on drugs, war on poverty, lockdowns, mandates, all came from afraid Americans. So why would I want to press that button, make 90% of the population afraid, and build up a government that is such a police state, they would build up a fascist state on purpose, literally, or communist state, or the both, who knows, a dictatorship. They would build up something worse immediately. No, we have to begin to make this work from our local communities on up to where now we know how to support each other and we're ready to support each other. Otherwise, how do we make this happen? We just we just don't. We have to fix it. So let me grab a couple more of your comments if I could. All right, if I can do this. Um, Paula says, this country romanticizes war and civil wars way too much. You know, it, it's funny. Um, watch war movies from the countries who've lost, right? Watch uh, German World War II movies. Watch Japanese World War II movies. Not glorious at all. They lost the war. All of their war movies end with wars futile. It's useless. It's terrible because they lost the wars. So you want to see what war is like? Watch a war movie from the people who lost, right? That country. They'll show you what, how bad war is. They know they lost. So watch Japanese and German World War II movies. Yeah, that'll show you what's up. Absolutely. I completely agree. Yes. Um. Uh, Kathy says, we keep voting and voting and voting, but we rely on the government to tell us who actually won. I think we need to break up that system there. That too. 
Absolutely. We just vote and then it doesn't really matter. I agree. Jericho says, war on poverty for 60 years plus and we still have the same poverty problem. Yeah, we still have a homeless problem. We still have a wealth gap. And all we do is go more money to poverty programs. No. Gene says the government gives people just enough to keep them dependent upon the government. It's akin to slavery. Our government officials get rich from our labor. 100%. I don't see any difference in that whatsoever. You're totally correct. Yes, absolutely. Roy says threat of force for non-compliance is inevitable. But in the U.S., we the people elect to authorize exercises force. And we have the Fourth Amendment to prevent force from undoing our elections. I think, you see, this is a good point where this goes back to your idea of, of responsibility, right? The idea that the government has created an architecture of violence is not a bad thing. I agree. That in itself isn't a bad thing. How do we use it? Who is deciding and what system do we have is the problem, right? It is initiating force when it should be just responding. A big difference. You're, I agree completely. Yes. Uh, Gene says, yes, step 12 recovery is with helping others who are going through what we have dealt with. Bingo. And it works, right? And it works in every single time. It does work. Absolutely. Nazim says, do you think anarchy will work in the long run? Depends upon what you mean by long run. Um, I think in the long run, there probably isn't another option if we're talking, in my view, probably hundreds of years in the future. Because right now we're moving very directly towards either oligarchy or dictatorship in, in many parts of this, of this world, if we aren't already there. So there has to be a real, a real shift in, in, in the mindset. I think it's, it's many generations. From, from now. But eventually when there was a there was a, a sci-fi short story. I've forgotten the name, but some of you may remember it. And in the sci-fi short story, it, there's a trial. And the trial is being broadcast across the world. It's a very special, like a murder trial or something, being broadcast uh, uh, across the world. And the attorney who's telling a story, he's telling a story about, you know, uh, uh, in, in during the trial. And what he actually tells is, he gives the um, the tools and the um, instructions on how to create a laser that is so super powerful, it could literally cut the earth in half. He tells this publicly, and no one knows it. They think he's talking about the trial, but he's not. He just uses the time. Oh, I'm on TV across the world. Let me tell you how to create this laser that, that you can make in your home, and it could destroy the world. And the judge, when he realizes it, goes, oh, my God, stop it. Oh, my God, what has he done? He's, he's done this horrible thing. The world's going to end. And basically, he says, well, I guess it's going to end then because we're going to have to live with each other, aren't we? We're going to have to find a way to survive because any one of us could destroy the other. Now, do we have that now? Uh, we don't. We have an internet now that could do that. But eventually, we're going to be able to do things like that, affect each other so each individual will have so much power over themselves and over others that eventually we'll have to learn to live with each other. And I think that's whenever that time comes, 100 years from now, whenever, generations from now, when that type of thing happens, I think that um, is when it will have to work because you won't be able to physically control people. If that makes any sense, right? At one point, you cannot control someone at one point. And when you can't, you have to deal with the issue of, okay, now what do we do? So I, I don't think that 
this type of control can work once people can't be controlled, if that makes any sense. We're not there yet, but I think one day we might be there. So any case, let me uh, do this as last piece, if I could, of questions here. So we'll go through those real fast if we could. All right. Um, the compassion quiz. What a great quiz that is. Nice compassion quiz. Can I get that? There we go. Oh, oh I didn't finish. I got to th- I. I forget to finish the uh, to finish the video. I got to finish the video. I apologize, guys. Then it, once I finish the video, then it lets me go through the questions. I apologize. So I got to be good. All right. If people aren't compelled by authorities to do the right thing, who will help the poor and the vulnerable? It's a good question. Who will? Here, someone says, probably no one. People aren't tied to their greed. People believe that. People believe that. They believe people are going to let everyone die in the streets. They're doing that now when it comes to people right now, homeless in the streets, people ODing in the streets. That's happening now with the government. So I'm not sure that's true at all. Next, free markets will create jobs for everyone. That sounds amazing. Libertarians say that, but I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think the free market will magically create jobs for everyone. Free market creates lots of different types of things. Jobs for everyone? Probably not. The last one, though, is... We'll do it ourselves. I think we will. I think the, it's obvious that we can and what we will, particularly if we start our communities growing that way. I think we will. The law of care states that when we give voluntarily and see positive results, we tend to be happier. Yeah. On number two, when the law says you are required to care, you will care. We know that's not true. Number three, we don't need to be compassionate when the economy is running strong. Yeah, th- see, that's that part about the strong economy that you brought up earlier, right? So happy economy, happy life depends on who's enjoying this economy and if it's long-term or not, it's not a guarantee, but no matter what, whenever we give voluntarily and see positive results, we are happier. It's human nature. We want to help others. It's who we are. What happens when we outsource our compassion to distant capitals through voting? One, the wrong politicians get elected. Well, that's true, but that's not what he means, but that's accurate. Two, we lose opportunities to improve the lives of those in our communities. Yes, and you see it in the big cities. If you live in a big city particularly, I mean, you see it everywhere, but heavily in the big city. If you live in a city like I do, how many people who live in cities don't know their neighbors, have no idea who they are, don't know who their neighbors are, don't know the community, have no idea? It's a problem. I, I'm, I'm a weirdo. I know my neighbors because I'm weird that way because I'm libertarian is why. I came out of community. I actually know my neighbors. But I know a lot of people who don't, who have no idea who the neighbors are. Yes. Alas, we can focus on playing video games and watching TV. What's wrong with that? That's a good thing. But I think number two is the actual answer. So, yes. So I thought that was interesting to think about like that. So uh, let me, um, Ryan says, anarchy literally means no rulers. Yeah, I think we could pull that off. Eventually, we'd have to. There'd be, there'd be no way around it, right? That, that's kind of how you would, you would do it. Eventually, you would simply have to. So, guys, I know I pushed this tonight. I thought it was interesting. If you want to have these conversations, show people what we're talking about. Let them know what the liberty movement's really about. I say it all the time. It's about happiness. It's about compassion. I would argue that there's no one who cares about the poor more than we do. There's no one who cares about people who are weak and, and, and downtrodden than we do. Who's talking about actual reform that will help the poor, help the working poor, help the middle class? It's us. Try to find somebody else trying to help people. You can't find it. Try to find some politician trying to actually help people. You can't find it. They will either want to put more people in jail 
kill people, create more bureaucracy, or write checks. That isn't the answer. Uh, literally, you've heard people say this. Larry, you don't understand. Now that we have this, since this COVID relief fund, we've pulled people out of poverty. We've pulled people out of poverty? No, you wrote them checks. That's not pulling them out of poverty. That is giving them a temporary solution so that now their income comes over the, the number that makes them not poor for that year. That's not pulling people out of poverty. That's a Band-Aid. That's nothing but debt anyway. And they're not better off after the first year, right? Are you going to keep giving them money forever? I mean, if that's your goal, okay, at least you're consistent. I mean, a terrible idea, but that's consistent. We'll just keep writing people checks for the rest of their lives forever. Okay, I guess they'll always be out of poverty because you just keep writing them checks for more money. So I guess that's consistent. It's a recipe for disaster. If you want to pull people out of poverty, they have to be able to grow. And I'm not talking bootstraps, poison up by bootstraps. I want to help people out of poverty. I do. Let's do that. I do think our movement is not only about freedom. Freedom is a means to an end. The end is happiness, which in- includes compassion, which takes away initiation of force, which takes away initiation of violence, which, which actually lets people help the people who they want to help when they want to help them. It is the platinum rule doing unto others as they want to be done upon. This is the essence of our movement. I hope that was helpful, you guys. Head over to libertarians and libertarianism.com. If you want to support the show, as always, you know you can like, comment, and share. Always want you to like, comment, and share. Love that like there's no tomorrow. Please like, comment, and share if you can. If you want to support me directly, you can. LarryShop.com slash donate. The end of my quarter is two days from now. My report comes out. If you want to support, now will be the time. Sometime between now and 31st would be really good for my report. So if you want to do that, that'd be awesome. In either case, I'll be back on, uh, believe it or not, New Year's Eve. I'll be doing a New Year's show on New Year's Eve. I will see you all.